0: Hey, y'all welcome back to the show it really is a wild and crazy life and i hope you are living it to the fullest all right welcome back to the show mm-hmm. i am so glad you're here i am so grateful that you are spending some time with me today and this episode is so interesting um My good, dear friend Katrina Abdullah is with me today, and we are talking about joy on the other side of grief. And I'll tell you, I've been, (laughs) Katrina and I have been trying to get together and have this conversation since I relaunched the podcast. What was that in July, maybe August? Um, a few, several, several months, we have had it on the calendar and one or both of us have needed to reschedule it just over and over and over again. And then we finally sat down last week. We talked about joy on the other side of grief. And I realized that this is actually perfect timing. We, it is the last week of October. Halloween is on Monday. Um, And then we're, let's be honest, we are in holiday season as soon as Halloween comes and goes, right? Like, we are making, maybe you've already done this, you've made your holiday plans for your family done all the negotiation, all the back and forth that goes along with making holiday plans. And you're thinking about maybe dreading um, some family time over the holidays, maybe excited about it. But what gets lost often with the holidays is the grief of it. Many, many, many of us have lost people during the holidays. I lost my dad in mid-December of 2020. So we're coming up on the two-year anniversary. And it, it will always now, forever and ever, be a part of the holidays, that day will be a part of the holidays for the rest of my life and it will have to get through it every single year um but even for those of you who haven't lost people during the holidays it is likely that holiday time brings up that pain and some of that grief that um if you have lost anybody and they're no longer with you for the holidays you are likely also Maybe trying to shove down, maybe trying to get through, maybe trying to pretend it's not there, maybe living with it and feeling overwhelmed by it, living with that grief during this time. So if that is you, all the love and compassion, I, as you just heard, I I am with you. I am now one of those people as well um, that will always the holidays will always be a little bit bittersweet. Um, And so if that's you. Dive into this episode with an open heart. Um, listen as Katrina and I talk about um, how to create joy on the other side of grief. Katrina has um, an incredible story, a heartbreaking story, um, but also the the strength and the power that's come on the other side of it is it is just amazing to watch. And I'm so blessed to call Katrina a friend um, and get to walk that um, post. Grief journey with her. It's not post grief, I suppose, post loss journey. Um, You're never really post grief. So, anyway, Katrina Abdullah is a growth partner at The Locker Room, which is the real estate coaching company. She and I both work out together. Um, Katrina is just a rock star in all of the senses of the word. She um, coaches real estate brokers. Specifically, her her strength is in recruiting and helping brokers find the right agents that are going to make their offices and their businesses exactly what they imagine them to be. Uh, Katrina is also a mom, as you're going to hear, and she does a lot of work with um, the sex trafficking, but not the, not the industry. She does not work with the industry. That's a terrible thing. No, no, no. She doesn't work with the sex trafficking industry. She helps women um, after—she helps survivors. That's what I'm trying to say. She helps survivors of sex sex trafficking. She also works um, in strip club ministry. She is just an amazing woman. Um, Again, I'm so blessed to call her my friend, and I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. So without further ado, here's Katrina Abdullah. All right, Katrina, welcome to the podcast. This has been months in the making, months and many reschedulings, but I think it always works out. So I'm so, so glad to have you here today. Awesome. Monica,
1: thank you so much for having me. And you're right. It's been reschedule on reschedule, but you know, we're here today. And so it's worked out exactly the way it's supposed to.
0: Yep. And we were just having an uproarious conversation um, I would have loved to have press record, except we were laughing so much. I'm not sure <laughs> anybody so would have understood what we were saying.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so and now we just have to hope that the animals can keep their laughter at bay, too, while we yeah. finish this podcast, yeah.
0: My listeners know. I think there were some, uh, in one of the recent episodes, there were some kids that popped in in the middle, and, you know, we just, we flow with it, because we're all living and working and living life. So it's no yeah, doubt. but isn't it so awesome
1: that now we're like living and working and doing life. Most, a lot of people are all in the same place, like at home now.
0: And yeah. I just, I don't know. And I love it. I love it too. My husband has been transitioning to working from home more. He first hated it because he liked going to work and then leaving work and it being mm-hmm. there. Um, but I'm slowly introducing him to the joys of working, mm-hmm. working where you live. Yeah. And you got your marriage is going to thank you for
1: it. It Hopefully. is.
0: Yeah. Because we end up spending most of our days together in between meetings. We're chatting and, you know, I'm his little water cooler, I guess. <laughs> I love that. Yes, That's funny. All right, Katrina, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, of course, The audience knows you and I are friends and co-workers Um, anyway, so I know a lot, but why don't you just kind of hop in, tell the audience about yourself.
1: Um, So sure, my name is Katrina Abdullah. I am from Syracuse, New York, born and raised there. I moved to Jacksonville, Florida in 1999. I'm not going to say how old I was, but (laughs) I think I was, (laughs) I, I honestly think I was, uh, 20 something. I was 20 something. We'll just go with that. Cause I know that's pretty close to what it was. Um, and you know, I'm just, I'm a little older than that now, not by much, but not by much, no, Not by much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I moved here in, in the, in the late nineties. And <laughs> so I have really lived in Florida just as much as I've lived in New York. So I kind of have like that Florida Accent that Southern accent now, but if I do go back home, my New York accent comes back.
0: Yeah, just like
1: that, like overnight.
0: I hear all upstate New York when you talk.
1: Oh, good. Okay, so it's not all gone. Okay, mm-hmm. no, because my friends in upstate New York are like, uh. <laughs> you yeah, you sound like a country girl.
0: <laughs> no, I hear all New York when you talk. Okay, you also have that really fun, sassy New York you know, head bobbing vibe to you, which I love and adore. Oh, well,
1: thank you. You know what? It's something that grows on people. I don't feel like <laughs> you may not like it at first, but you'll learn to love me because um I like to have a lot of fun. And I always say I bring the comic relief. So when I get together with people, I'm like, okay, let's let's have fun. You know, I try to make people have belly laughs. That's my goal in life <laughs> is to make people have a good night. Nice
0: We've yep. been doing that all morning. <laughs> uh
1: so what else about me? I am um, a growth partner with the locker room. I've been in real estate since 2010, been in that space. I um, you know, did real estate. I was on a team. I was a productivity coach, coaching, trading agents. I led a large office for a few years and then aligned with the locker room shortly after that. But I got my start in sales in the car business.
0: I so, didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so um, I had, I was working customer service for a major communication company and I got laid off. It was like one of those things and it gave me a little severance package and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'm young and but I'm a single mom with two kids and so a girl got to work and I could not find another job to pay the same that that did and I I answered an ad. Some of you listeners may not know this, but job ads used to be in the newspaper (laughs) y'all. Yes.
0: (laughs) I love to tell my kids that. So a newspaper was this thing that they put on your door every morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So
1: (laughs) just so you know, you used to take a little red marker and like, or pen and like circle your ads. So I circled an ad that said $3,500 a month guaranteed while you train. And I was like, Oh, cool. What? I don't even know what job this is, but like I have one week's worth of food left in my freezer. So whatever job this is, I'm taking it. So I show up (laughs) again, shocker. This is when you printed directions on MapQuest. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The good old days. So y'all can try to do the math for how old I am. So (laughs) I went and, and got there and realized it was a car dealership. And I was like, oh, I've never worked at a place like this before. I don't know what it's going to be like. And walked up to the front desk where the manager said, I said, Hey, I'm here to apply for the job. And he looks up from literally eating his chicken and is like, go ahead and turn around for me. What? No. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Just Turn around for him and did a little, you know, 360. And he's like, Uh, you can go in for the interview now. I mean, he basically approved me based on my,
0: I am shocked (laughs) that that was
1: so blatant.
0: So blatant,
1: but I will tell you it was the best experience because what they did do, that was the only bad part, which, you know, back then now I would have never done that. Right. But back then I'm young and yeah all the things. Right. And so, um, but they did take, they sent me through professional sales training where I learned scripts and dialogue and that kind of like opened the door for me to be able to make a living with sales. And I've just evolved from that. I have a love of scripts and dialogue. I'm fascinated by it. Um, and I've basically have built my career around,
0: you know, having, getting in a relationship with people that way. Yeah, so and you are clearly talented with it. I have partners that I send to you to work on recruiting scripts and they they say to me, I could never be Katrina. I could never say it like she does. And then within a few weeks of just practice, Mm -hmm. they're basically, yes, they've made it their own in a way, but they've, they're basically using the same things that you tell them and seeing agents flood into their brokerages. Absolutely. It's not, it's
1: it's nothing that anyone can't do. It's just about accepting the fact that we are all using some kind of script in some way, some are efficient and some are not. So let's go ahead and use our scripts efficiently. If we just make that pivot, we're going to see a big difference in our results.
0: I love the way you put that. Um, we're all using scripts anyway, might as well use the efficient ones. Right. Yeah. Right. We're all, we're all saying
1: things we, and, and, you know, like I'll ask them, well, how do your appointments go? I'm like, well, that is your script, even yeah. though it sucks. So let's yeah. start using one that doesn't, and
0: that actually works. Right. Yeah. One, uh, one of my partners who has worked with you on recruiting, um, I was recently giving her some coaching scripts for her agents and some productivity issues that they're having mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and she was like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what you say to me. <laughs> <was> like,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> it's, a script. it's a script, you know, uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, how can we serve you today? You know, yeah, thank my, you pleasure. So much. my pleasure, right? Thanks. You know. So we all use them.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. So I know recently, you've gotten very into health. And I mean, you've always been into since I've known you at least been into health and fitness. But recently, you've seen some real big changes in that. So let's kind of talk through that because you are a like, go, go, go hard worker. I know that your schedule is full, mm-hmm. um, at least Monday through Thursday. I know you give yourself some flex on Fridays, but right, like you are you're working hard. And you're prioritizing your health. So let's talk a little bit about how you're doing that.
1: Yeah. So, you know what, I'm trying to not say work hard. I want to, because it's when we think about working hard, we think about like, we got to do it all. And that's not the case. So, um, but I am working very intentionally on my goals. Yeah. And sometimes those goals take me, you know, 40 hours a week. And sometimes they take me 25 and either way I, you know, I'm cool with it. Um, so yes, I, I like everybody else, every woman, every middle-aged woman in the world is trying to tap the secret to better health and feeling better, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, I had gotten to a point where my health had just gotten away from me. And, and literally my body was turning on me on itself. And, um, I ended up in the hospital because I had this inflammation thing going on and it was horrible and scary and all the things. And so, um, I was like praying and I said, okay, I need to do something. I don't know where to go. And then I found a program that works. Yeah. So yeah
0: yeah that's amazing so what has it been like first of all i love that i didn't know that you didn't like the word the term work hard Mm -hmm. um i don't either for the same reasons because i feel like we don't have to we don't have to spin a story about how life is hard or work is hard or or anything we're just doing the things that we need to do to get to the next place
1: well you know i know that you were a big ambassador of you know that not supporting that hustle culture Right. And so I can really appreciate that. You know, the last time I was caught up in that, and there was a time where I was caught up in the hustle culture, you know, I was working nonstop around the clock. Uh, I was leading a company, you know, and during that time I had a huge loss. I lost my daughter Mm -hmm. who was 22 um, to a drug overdose, which again, even that part of her story just you know, walking with her through her addiction struggles was so hard to do while also trying to stay face in the corporate world and, you know, uh, make the money and take care of every, all the family and her and all those things that what did I do? You know, I suffered this loss and then I just threw myself into work, just like work work, 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 work. I was good at it. I got really, I got better at it (laughs) better than ever. And I was, you know, breaking all these records and, and making these numbers, but my home life was suffering. I was, my son was suffering. Um, I, my health, I was drinking too much. I was overeating. I was not exercising, not caring for myself. So, you know, it took me i left that role in 2020 and it took me almost
0: two years to regain my health yeah wow i hadn't quite put that timeline together of when you were in that other role and then Mm -hmm. um, leading into now so the the passing of kai was a big thing for you Mm -hmm. obviously (laughs) obviously but at that moment it wasn't like okay some, so some people would have just completely stopped everything, mm-hmm. um, which would have been its own level of kind of self-sabotage, but you did the opposite. You kind of threw yourself into work. So, mm-hmm. and I of course I know some of the story with your son, but what, what was all of that like as y'all recovered as a family from her loss? Yeah, so for so long, I wasn't really
1: paying attention to our recovery. I was in survival mode. Yeah. I was for two years. I was just in survival mode. Um, and you know, our bodies, they store grief, they store pain, they store depression yeah. and, and it was coming out and in pain in my body, joints, inflammation, you know, um, and my poor son, you know, he was really just crying out, but here I am too. I'm just trying to stay the course you know as well but he ended up he had played football since he was four years old he ended up getting you know kind of he quit well he quit the team but he was kind of pushed into a corner by some bad coaching which another reason another reason i love coaching is because we have such an opportunity to set the pace right and be there for people when they need us um but his school he could not go to he just couldn't face it he's like mom I need to be homeschooled. And I just was like, that is so anti me and opposite of any way I ever thought I would, you know, school, school, my children. And, um, finally I just listened to him. I was like, you know, I felt like the Lord was just like, listen to this kid. And I said, okay, fine, you can do homeschool. But then I was still working away from the home and, you know, here he is, he's young, he's in middle school, so he's not following the schedule. And I'm coming home frustrated every day. It just wasn't a win-win. And during the same time, because I was trying to make my home life more of a priority, I felt a really disalignment with my leadership team. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, we were aligned until we weren't, so I'm not going to, you know, nothing bad there. It just, Yeah. Definitely. I realized there wasn't space for me to be the mom I needed to be to Daniel and to also be the CEO I needed to be for them.
0: Yeah. It just
1: wasn't there. So I made the decision to step out of the role. Yeah. Yeah.
0: At that time, were you stepping into the locker room? No. So I had like zero plan. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
1: I had zero plan and, um, I actually reached out. Daniel's dad and I are really, really, really great friends. And I said, Hey, I need to move. I'm leaving my job. I need to figure out what my next step is. And I need some time to heal. And Daniel needs us to come together. We'd been separated since and divorced since 2013, but I said, we need to come together for him and he's like okay so we actually both moved back into our old house so we're we're in the same house right now together but separate right and um my son because we made that sacrifice has done a 180 he has he did a year and a half worth of therapy he's had space and support to heal and um yeah it's been just a beautiful thing unfolding before our eyes, honestly. And, and me too. I was able to slow down enough to catch my breath and, you know, find the right opportunity, i.e. the locker room where I could align and use my skill set and be at home and homeschool him. And yeah. it's all worked
0: out. That is beyond beautiful Um, and I love that attitude of like, we were aligned until we weren't. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's how I have felt about many of the switches I've made is like, there's no animosity here. We were aligned until we weren't. And, and now like we are, we're all free to go align the way that we need to. Yeah. There's nothing, no shame in that,
1: you know, as a matter of fact, like when you, you know, and I, we coach people on this all the time when they need to let somebody go or they're helping them discover. way out i'm like this is
0: such a gift for them
1: and for you yes
0: yes that's been one of my big things when i was in charge of helping agents um, find new opportunities our our broker had a difficult time with that um it was hard for her to fire people and i i've kept telling her like we are not doing them a kindness by Mm -hmm. by keeping them here they're clearly not leading themselves but they're also not selling houses, which means they're paying us money every month that they're not getting back. So we are not not being kind. And finally, after several months, she started to understand that and it became an easier flow Mm -hmm. for people to find new things. But I completely agree. If you hold on to anything longer than it needs to, it's not a kindness to anybody.
1: Yeah, and you know, I do have that achievement in my five, top five strengths. So I do stand for the mission. And sometimes that is my, my basement that I will stay longer than I should stay. And again, having good friends and people that love you and, and, and that are growing at the same level you are that can call that out, you know? And that's what I had. I had a friend that was like, girl, you're gonna you're dying. You're killing yourself in this role. Your son needs you. And finally I was like, I just woke up one day thinking, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is
0: true. This is right. Okay. Yeah. You know, let me let me move forward. The friend, of course, is Jen, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was on the podcast for listeners, um, a few episodes back. Jen was on the podcast and she was talking about her friend who <laughs> lost her daughter right as she was getting a cancer diagnosis. So this is that friend <laughs> They're all. Yes. Mixed in. So if you haven't listened to that episode with Jen, go back and listen. Cause it's a really good one to you.
1: Yes. We um, have walked through the fire
0: together. Really have. Been, yes, you really, yeah. really have. Your friendship is, um, it's very inspiring to me, mm. um, to, to watch y'all. Yeah. So you said something before we hit record about how grief can open up a joy you didn't know was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit more about that. <clears throat> yeah.
1: So, you know, I have to, you know, I have a strong faith in the Lord. I've, I'm a believer. And um, after my daughter passed away, I felt God say to me, You are going to tell her story so I said okay I don't even know what that looks like like you mean on Facebook like just say what happened (laughs) I don't (laughs) even know but you know the Lord is really funny and when we are in his will he will take us places we never even dreamt of so he really empowered me to speak out he aligned people in my life that are running organizations for women, just like my daughter, which, and I didn't even know they existed then. And, um, I have partnered with these organizations and now I'm spending time in the trenches, arm in arm, belly to belly with these women that are just like my daughter and, um, able to speak life into them and, um, you know, just let them know that, There are people here that are not judging them, that love them, that are ready, willing, and able. Like, you need resources, we got them. You need an ear to, you know, to listen, we, you can have it. You need a shoulder to cry on, we got you. And um, that alone, that advocacy has brought me so much joy just being a part of the recovery community and the um, sex trafficking community. And watching these survivors um, come out of these circumstances and reclaim their lives is a joy that I've never experienced before. And so that's what I mean. If we really allow our pain to be turned into purpose,
0: we can find joy that we never imagined.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is amazing. And there's a a few things I was thinking as you were talking. One, we talked before that about your achievement strength, um, and how at times that has led to overwork and you weren't paying attention to your health and your family and all those things. But that muscle memory that you have of being able to do what needs to be done, that's now being used in this in this arena to help people.
1: Yes. Yes. And even then you like, you know, we have to be aware of our basements because I can also get busy doing all the things and just be doing too much stuff for other people, which are, it's all great, but you know, I'm like, okay, what about me? So I, I, I like to think that right now I am aware of the balancing act that I am in Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And when I feel out of balance, my body tells me I'm aware. I'm like, okay, what do I need right now? And, you know, and grief is one of those things that when you're walking with it, you know, it's day, it's day to day. It's, it really is. And some days are tougher than others. Um, but I think knowing that There's still joy and there's still hope out there Mm -hmm. and that I'm a part of it has really helped me along in my healing process and my son's because he's not involved in any of the things I'm doing, but he notices, he sees what I'm doing and I think it helps him, you know, draw some strength from that as well too. Yeah. The process in his own way. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, and I think the the second thing I was kind of noticing as you were talking is a lot of times when you talk with people who are working in any kind of um, nonprofit or charity type of issue, uh, hunger or um, clean water or sex trafficking, it, it it's heavy work and it can sometimes feel like you're in the fight. And that's the language I hear from a lot of people like mm-hmm. we're fighting for we're fighting against and it's it's more like. That doing battle, but you are talking about joy and support and um, watching people come back alive. And I love that nuance and that different way of kind of approaching it because I think that that brings the same that that brings the energy that we all need to be able to lift people out of help. We don't lift them out; they lift themselves out. But in order to help them see what joy can be like.
1: Yeah. And, and I actually have so many moms that have connected with me um, because I do share my story, my grief journey, all of it, my health journey. Um, you know, cause that's part of taking back your life is getting healthy, taking charge of your, your health and feeling better, you know, so you can be around. And um, I have so many moms that are like, how do you do it? How do you do it? I'm like, honestly, Jesus, <laughs> number one, <laughs> I don't know how anybody does this without Jesus. And secondly, um, get out there and, and just immerse yourself in whatever was meant to take you out. Yeah. Whatever it was, it does not have power over you, you know? So Mm -hmm. if I can lend my voice to these in my daughter's story and my story to these organizations and it can spark hope and, um, you know bring forth initiative to change in people then i'm honored to do it
0: yeah i also think it's it's beautiful that in the midst of all this you're not like okay we should we should be over it we should be over kai's passing but you know that grief is day by day um we're reaching we're approaching the second anniversary of my dad's passing mm-hmm. and yes the early days were much more under the waves of it for sure but there are days even now where i'm i just think oh he would have this would have been a day he would have called me just to talk and i don't ever get to hear his voice or we'll, we'll see father daughter or something on tv even commercials i'll cry at commercials and my husband's like <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> oh yeah i get that's that that's just how it is like The little things will trigger, and then there's you know the the grief of missing a person that you feel like should still be here. Yeah,
1: that you love dearly and you miss. And you know, um, I read a great book. It's called "It's Right Here: The Grieving Brain," and it's about the neurology of love and loss, the neuroscience of love and love and loss. And um, I it really helped me kind of compartmentalize and understand because when we don't understand what's happening to us Mm -hmm. our the circumstances then have power over us but when we educate ourselves and we understand oh this is why my brain is thinking this way it's still mapping my loved ones as if they're still here yeah just that one little nugget helps me because every morning i wake up my brain is looking for my for my child a hundred percent
0: sure every morning yeah. And so
1: I have to tell myself like, oh, she's not here every single day. And just knowing that it's normal for my brain to do that is gives me some peace of mind, you know, yeah. cause I can, I can expect it. And so when I wake up, you can't control your first thought, but you can your second. And so my second is she's, I'm sure in Jesus with every single dog in heaven, you know, like I just try to picture this you know, you know, best I can and, and, and find some comfort in the vision that is next in my mind and kind yeah. of take, take every thought captive. Right. So. Yeah.
0: And there's something else we've experienced. I, I don't know, maybe it's normal for our age group, but we've experienced a lot of loss, um, since we have been married, you know, a couple of his grandparents, several Uh, Like, well, two of my grandmothers, an aunt an uncle, my father, like there's just been a lot. And in a lot of circumstances, they weren't good relationships. It's not like we had good relationships with these people. There was a lot of mental illness, a lot of addiction, a lot of things that kept everybody strained. And so I think my husband was very confused at first. Um, His mom lost her dad first that was kind of the first one and she was just devastated but it had been a horrible relationship abusive like all these things and I think my husband was very confused like why is she so upset she didn't even like him they never saw each other and I was like that's why because it's official like there will never be good memories and when you're in a situation like that where you um you lose somebody that you feel like you should have been close to and weren't you don't even have the good memories to sustain you. Like you're really grieving the loss of a relationship. That's not going to be repaired now. A
1: hundred percent. And that's such a good point that you bring up. And, you know, as I walked through with my daughter through her addiction years, um, I didn't understand. There was, uh, there was a lot I did not get. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of, you know, uh, resources just, and I just, I didn't understand that's really what it boils down to. And there were times we didn't talk, we didn't speak. And there were times I didn't know where she was. And sometimes if I'm real, real honest, I was just like, you know, God, I just (laughs) hope she's hope she's okay. And you know, I, I I don't even want to talk to her because I'm so afraid of what there is to know, you know, if I'm real honest, but again, you know, God, somebody actually, her boyfriend tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, kind really needs you. Mm. And I remember I was like, okay, where's she at? And from that point on, I just made a decision to just love her exactly where she was and just accept her. Every time I seen her, every time I found her, all the things, it was just like, okay, you're my child. I love you. Um, How can I help you? Where where were we? What's up? What do we need to do today? And thank goodness when she passed away, Those were the terms we were on where she felt loved and accepted by me. So, you know, we always think we have more time than we have. Yeah. Not only for, not only for us to, you know, you want to lose the 10 pounds or you want to travel to Europe or you want to learn something, or you want to be a better mom or a better dad or better friend. We always think we have more time to do it. it. That is a myth. We, none of us have the time that we really think we have. So if there's, somebody you love just love
0: them yeah oh that's beautiful i had a similar um not quite so serious but similar conversation with a coach this week because we were talking about social media algorithms and i was just like you know you know what if i get hit by a car tomorrow what do i want my last thought to have been is it about the algorithm on Instagram? Or is it is it about the beautiful trees on my walk? Like, mm-hmm. why am I going to it's not that if you're in business, you have to pay attention to your strategies. So but it's more like, but where am I putting my focus? Is right. it on? Is it on strategies to do something that if I'm diagnosed with a terminal illness tomorrow won't matter a bit? Mm-hmm. Or is it on the world we get to live in and the people who get to live it with me? That's really good. Yeah really really good and it's it, it's a that's a growing thing and I know you have probably dealt with this too as you've kind of put life back together of like mm-hmm. the fact is both are actually important that um the family and the the living the life smelling the roses you know all taking care of your health that's important and if you're in business strategy and systems and building your business because that's what you're doing both are important and so finding the, the way you balance them is important for each of us. Yeah. And for me, it was, um making
1: a hire, you know, hiring a virtual assistant that took a lot of things off my plate in terms of running my operations of my business and, you know, posting on social media about business. I'm not that passionate about that. You know, I, yeah. I'm passionate about my business. And when I meet with people, I mean, I'm passionate and it's, it's amazing, but I don't, I would never remember to post anything about anything business and you can, I just don't remember, but personally I'm telling my story. I'm loud. People, people come to my page for that. Right. Thank God for her because she balances, (laughs) 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 balances is all out. You know, we don't have to be good at everything. There's leverage is for a reason. Yes. You know, and you deserve to be leveraged.
0: Yeah. Yeah bottom line that is so so true um and it's funny because now i think within the the team we think of you as the best one at disseminating all of the seminars and the workshops and all the things that we do i feel like you're the most consistent with getting out there
1: (laughs) not me (laughs) that is miss sarah all day long she does it and thank goodness for her i i really only post my personal stuff and I don't even know she's posted. I see people liking things and I'm like, what are they liking? And it's, oh, it's Sarah's post. She gets that's engagement beautiful. and everything. So yeah, that's which again, beautiful. we do not have to do it all. I meet people all the time that think, well, I can't send, you know, my customers. I can't send another agent with my customers on a home inspection. Yes, you can. I can't not go to closing. Yes, you can. You can send somebody else, you know, you can you can leverage it is o. Oh,
0: it is okay yeah and same within your home there are seasons where if you need some help cleaning the house you that is okay i'm yeah. personally in a season where we actually fired our cleaning lady and i'm loving the activity of keeping our home uh, that will likely fade it soon that yeah. is a deep passion <laughs> We go through
1: seasons, you know, I mean, it's true. We, we go through these seasons. I remember ripping up my kid's carpet and going to Lowe's and buying flooring and putting down, you know, that laminate, like a group tongue and groove flooring myself from a YouTube video. Yes, I would never do that right now. Yes.
0: I couldn't even imagine, but It, it took me, but in this world of social media branding, it took me a while to realize that it's okay to, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna interrupt myself, podcast everybody. The cats have torn up a toy and they are currently like rolling in the trash that they've destroyed. <laughs> That's hilarious. They murdered it. They, they did, they
1: really yep. did. That's We have some um, fuzzy stuff on our floors right now from the dogs. And they're murdering of their toys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So anyway, back to my, what I was trying to communicate in our age of branded social media, it took me a long time to realize that it's okay to go through phases, like you're not Mm -hmm. Sally homemaker and you're not boss, babe, CEO all the time. It's okay to be both and it's okay to be all one sometimes and all the other, another time and a mix and something different and all those things. Yeah, I think with in business, and it took me a minute to
1: get to be this really, again, the loss of my child and starting to tell that story. Because before she was struggling, only a couple of people knew about the journey we were on, it, you know, I was embarrassed. I was worried about being judged. And um, in my obedience to telling her story, it's really helped me draw in the exact people that are supposed to be in business with me. Yeah. So don't be afraid to be your authentic self and tell your story. People, I feel like I'm way more relatable than I was walking around here
0: looking like I got it all together. Yes. Yes. That is so true. Um, There was a period in my life where I needed to look like I had it all together in order to give myself the confidence to keep going. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that was very true. When I got divorced, um, I didn't have a job, like I was creating a career as I went. And so I had to put on that mask of have it all together just to get out of the house, just to be convinced that I can make it happen. Um, but recently a coach was like, why don't you start ranting on social media about all your problems with hustle culture and I'm like, "Ooh, I don't know if I'm comfortable ranting <laughs> on social media. Um, and she's like, because I can get pretty spicy and um, I had gotten spicy to her and she was like, Well, I mean, but if you put that up there and you've attracted just the people who needed your, your version of it. So we'll see. Maybe by the time this is published, there'll be some rants up on. on Hey, I'm
1: a fan. When I see somebody telling their truth, I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. You know, we have spent way too much time trying to be who we're not to attract people. We don't even really like, I mean, yeah, we just need to be who we are. And and like the universe is going to take care of the rest for
0: us. I really believe that. And that's so true. It's and I've said this on Instagram quite a bit. I am currently loving everybody I work with. Like when we have a locker room, um, all call or even a smaller group meeting. I am so excited to see everybody. When I have a call with any of my clients, I'm so excited to talk to them. There is nobody in my professional life that I'm like, okay, got to get this done.
1: We have the best team. I mean, I, I love the people that the talent that we have at the locker room, it's, it's refreshing and we have great leadership. So that, that right there though, is a sign of great leadership when you have great people in your organization, because they want to be there and they want to follow you because of what you're doing for them.
0: Yeah. Yes. And for me, the amount of openness that there has been at the locker room to, my just just a bit off center approach to everything we do, because I don't I I don't disagree with all of our systems and processes. And like I kind of said before, strategy has to matter. Mm -hmm. Um, But I come at it slightly differently than a lot of y'all who were very successful in the more corporate version of all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I was scared of that at first. I was scared to kind of like speak up. Um, but of course, Jen was my first leader on our team. So, um, she was very encouraging of, of letting yeah. me do that and just, over time, over time. Yeah. I've seen that, like, I bring something that the locker room really appreciates, which is awesome. Absolutely. And count yourself lucky. <laughs>
1: yeah, I do. <laughs> of it. We're
0: all burnt out from it. PTSD, you know? I know, it's so true. I hear a lot of y'all say things and I'm like, Oh, thank goodness I skipped that part. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and you know, that's why why I love working with these um, owners, is because you are working with the very person that can make the biggest difference in the organization. Yes. You know, Um, so it's really exciting.
0: Well, and this isn't a podcast about the locker room, but our, I mean, our mission is to affect that 87% that don't succeed in this business, Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't succeed simply because of burnout. And it's simply because of company culture, because the broker thinks that's what they have to do to get good sales. Mm -hmm. So if we can just change that one mindset that it doesn't have to be, this is your only thing and you have to sacrifice your entire life to it. If we can change that narrative. That alone is going to help the entire industry.
1: I oh, couldn't agree more sister. I love that. So true. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, wrapping up Katrina, where can people find you on social media and follow along?
1: Well, they can find me at Katrina, Abdullah club. You can go there. You can register for my latest uh, master classes. I teach recruiting master classes once a month. So you can always go there and find a class to plug into, um, and then on, and you can find my Instagram and Facebook and everything on there. So KatrinaAbdullah.club.
0: Awesome. awesome. I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes. And thank awesome. you so much for spending time with me today, Katrina. It's always uh, just the light of my day when we get to talk.: Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I admire, and this, you inspire me through what you do every day to make everyone's life just better and bringing that non-hustle culture <laughs> into the limelight. I I'm here for it. I love it.
0: Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and there you have it. You can find Katrina over on Instagram at coach, broker coach cat um, I'll have that linked as well as her um, her personal link down below in the show notes and if this episode was helpful for you please share it um, please let's get the word out as um, you are hearing things that resonate with you share them with others that it might be helpful for and also, You know what time it is, head on over to um, iTunes or to Spotify, rate and review the show. It will help me get the reach out, help me reach more people and continue to grow this community. So again, I am so grateful that you have spent some time with us today. And until next week, have an amazing day.